granddad business with Aaron Caliber. That's my dad. Hello, underpants. That is hilarious. Shut your mouth, dude. Rate and review this podcast or my daddy will go into a deep depression. Yeah. Boom. Welcome to Grown Dad Business. This is Aaron Kleiber. Got a fun week this week. Uh, my guest is a longtime friend, longtime friend of Pittsburgh comedy. Uh, and uh, he's finally a dad. We're going to talk to Terry Jones in a minute. Swag. See what he say immediately. Um, and then I would give him the double tap and salute. <laughs> Our handshake. But uh, before we get started, if you guys want to see me live this weekend, guys, I'm in Houston at the Houston Improv with John Witherspoon and uh, some other places. I'll be coming to Cleveland. I'll be coming to, geez, I don't even remember. I don't remember. Go to Aaron Clyber, you know, AaronClyber.com, uh, you know, stuff like that. And my other podcast, if you like movies, me and Sean Collier, HandleTheTruthPodcast.com. We do real movie reviews uh, for real. And... Uh, Shout out to uh, one of our sponsors, uh, Ignite Hospitality. If you're a comedian, entertainer, magician, juggler, yo-yoer, I just that's all people I know by name, by the way. Uh, check out Ignite Hospitality because Adam at Ignite Hospitality barters hotel rooms for you very cheaply. Uh, it is amazing. I stayed, I stayed in downtown Chicago two weeks ago. Uh, in a $300 a night Hilton for 40 bucks a night. That's what Adam does for you. It's amazing. Um, I got a couple other things coming up that he's hooking me up with amazingly cheap hotels. It's a little bit different than like Expedia and stuff like that. He'll explain everything to you, but trust me, it's worth checking out Ignite Hospitality. And uh, yeah, that's about it. But we're going to get right into it with my friend Terry Jones. Hello, Swag. <laughs> See, there it is. Uh, What's going on, man? Man, it's always funny when I do a podcast with someone I've known for a long time. Yeah. It's fun because it's fun to do an interview with someone that you don't know. Like, you know, like you just know them. Like if you work a weekend with a comedian, it's, yeah. it's like, oh, I get to know you and ask you questions, you know. But Terry and I, I mean, I've known Terry since I started stand-up. Yeah. When I started, you were the time, guy. So. You were one of the guys <laughs> at the improv working. And, uh, and now... Terry is, uh, you're doing your second album. This is actually my first album. It is? I had a DVD. The, the first project I did, yeah, you I had a DVD. was a DVD. Oh, it's this an album. Yeah. album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's, but this, this is, is your second album, kind of. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. And uh, if you're listening uh, today, uh, August 11th, he's headlining tonight at 10 p.m. Yes. Uh, at the Pittsburgh Improv, if you're from Pittsburgh, and also Sunday the 14th at 7, 7 p.m. PM. Yep. Uh, Terry Jones at the Pittsburgh Improv, you know, and Terry's really busy. It's rare you get to see him do a headline show in Pittsburgh that isn't a fundraiser out in the middle of nowhere for a, for a little league team. Uh, that's hilarious. It's true. Yo, it's that's the people, bookings, man. You know how people are like, "Where can I see you?" I'm like, um, an hour and a half away <laughs> at a VFW raising money for firefighters in in Johnstown. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, "Well, why don't you like?" Why aren't you at the improv a lot anymore? And I'm like, because I want you to buy tickets when I headline. Yeah. That's why. Because it's funny because people story. don't get it. Like when you headline, you want people to come and buy tickets. Yeah, absolutely. And but 
but then people were like, oh, I'll come see you when you're with Ralphie Mae. Yeah. And I'm like, no. I was like, no. <laughs> Don't. That ain't for me. Like, that's. It's true, man, because I, I run into that issue where you, you know how, like, it upsets you as a comic where your friends will, like, go see, sh- oh, yeah. like, a big name headliner. Oh, like, don't even get me started. You know. At 11 p.m. on a Thursday and pay $45 a ticket. Don't even. You and see lo- my look I'm giving you? Yes, that look is. And then they'll complain like, wait a second. You're doing a show at 8 p.m. on Thursday for 15 bucks? No. And it's like, oh, man. Oh, so- no. I will, I will have people <laughs> that I've known for a long time, high school, yeah. college friends, and they will be like, oh, we want to come see you. And I'll be like, I am headlining. I'm doing one hour <laughs> for free. I'll give you free tickets. And they'd be like, I don't know, that's pretty far for us. <laughs> that's pretty far. And then the very next week, they'll pay $30 to come see Elijah Schlesinger. Yeah. And I'll see pictures on Instagram like, we're at the improv, we got to meet Elijah yes. Schlesinger. And I'm like, you mother, are you for real? Yeah, you like, gave him. It blows my mind. <laughs> my favorite is this one. Uh, I know you got this one. Yo, I came out to support you. And it's like, no, I just happened to be opening for the yeah. person that you came to really support. Yeah, right. And you're thinking that you're supporting me They're by like, supporting oh, this so person. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's my favorite. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah. That's comedy for you though. It's a it's a fun growth process though. Uh, I admit. But yeah, when I when I started coming to the improv in around 2009, I did my first couple shows. Um Terry, I know you were you were going hard. You were like the young dude on the scene. Yeah. Uh, Killing it, and I know there's a story that this sounds kind of braggy, but it's kind of it. I kind of remember it because I did my first show ever at Pittsburgh Cafe, mm-hmm. and Matt Light was the host. <laughs> and Matt Matt told me this story. Yeah. I, it's my first show I ever did, mm-hmm. and it was it was a show. You know, it's one of those shows where a comedian we know would yeah. get a bunch of young guys on, so he would bring people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so it was one of that was my first show ever, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Can you do fifteen minutes and bring people?" And I was like, "Uh, I've done seven open mics." <laughs> I was like, "Okay," and I ended up doing eighteen minutes yeah. because I was improvising a lot. I did well. I brought like twenty people to this little room and got paid six dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and I did a couple more of those shows for that guy before I learned. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, Matt told me he said he remembers that show and he remembers, I guess, texting you. Mm-hmm. And was like, there's this fat white dude named Aaron that's really good. Yeah, yeah. Like this new kid. <laughs> and I remember funny. him telling me that. And I was like, oh, I want to meet Terry Jones. And I remember that the first time I saw you, I was like, I was like, oh, Terry is dope. Like, he's so good. <laughs> but it's funny how we grow together and yeah. things like that. Yeah, um, but when, like, here's the thing. Like, I, I like talking about, you know, how you got started. Mm-hmm. Obviously, grown dad business. I mean, you have a new baby. Yes. Which is uh, awesome. Who is adorable. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And also, I don't, this is not, this is an adorable comment. Don't ever brush her hair ever. Because <laughs> I, I love the fro, man. Some of the pictures you have of her with her little hair fro yeah. is so adorable. <laughs> Thank you. She is like a baby doll. It's so cute. I've showed my wife, I'm like, look at this hair. Look how cute this is. Um, <laughs> I, I try not to, man, because it reminds me of uh, Huey from Boondocks. So oh I always gosh, try to like funny. keep her like fro out. And yeah, yeah. Now it's so long that it like yeah. goes everywhere. My yeah. girl's like, we can't just leave it out. I'm like, come on, we gotta leave the fro out. That's but. hilarious. Um, well, before we get on to dad stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you when did you start? How did you start doing stand up? Um, I started when I was 18. Yeah, and, you were young. Uh, yeah, 
and I had came to uh, the Pittsburgh Improv to do an open mic. So what happened was, like, one thing I like I always talk about is, and I don't mind talking about it, you know, is the, like I have depression. Right. But like when I was young, I didn't know that's what I had. Right. You know what I mean, I just would go through stuff. Sure. And I was like, oh, this, I think this is just normal. Right. Like, sit in the dark and listen to yeah. nerd all day. That's not normal. <laughs> so, um, what ended up happening was my dad bought this box set of Richard Pryor, uh-huh. and it was every single album, including his unreleased tracks. I listened. I burned them all on an MP3 CD. Okay, this is how long back it was because right. you know iPods wasn't out yet. So it's an MP3 CD player. Oh, I yeah. put every single album on there, and I would listen to it at night before going to bed. Right. And I laugh, and I was like, "Yo, it amazes me that a man can talk and change your whole mood." Yeah. From you know this negative dark spot right, right. to one of the happiest places you can ever be in your life, right. and you're just laughing, you feel good. Right. And I was like, "Yo, I'm sure I want to do this because my aunt was a stand-up comic. When oh I yeah, was a kid." Oh, so, I do remember you telling me that. Yeah, my aunt and we had a couple bookers that booked me uh, that used to book her back in the day, wow. like in Ohio and you know yeah. Maryland and stuff like that. What's your aunt's name? Cookie, Cookie Jones. She, she was, just went by Cookie Jones. Yeah. And she was a, uh, she was around like during the Def Jam era and stuff. Wow, and early nineties. Yeah, early nineties, wow. mid nineties. Uh, I think she stopped around ninety eight. Wow. But um, you know, I had a lot of influence around me, so I was like, I gotta try. Yeah. So I tried it. Uh, I'll never forget my first outfit I had on stage. Oh my god! It, it, I looked like an R and B singer. Like I looked like I was a member of Drew Hill. <laughs> I had on. He said a, Drew Hill. <laughs> Drew Hill. I gotta send you, you a picture like of this outfit. F- the fifth member of Black Street. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I no diggity. But uh, it was like I had some boots on with like these Pepe jeans, okay? With a blazer, like a black blazer with a button up and a a, a fedora type hat and braids. Okay. I went in there oh like, yo, I'm God. so fly, man. I'm gonna mix the old school with the new school. You look like an extra from Harlem Night. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I did, man. I look crazy. And uh, everyone well, at first, you, you, you see that, you kind of like that flashy, you know, yeah, yeah. just like anybody that joins a band, you know, yes. you all, all of a sudden change your attire. Yeah. You yeah, know. Yeah. And I couldn't help it, yo. Because, you know, when you like when you think of comedy, you don't realize the steps that go into comedy. Oh, yeah. You just think you're going to go one night, kill it, and then everyone's going to take you on the road. You're going to yeah. be on Comedy Central HBO in like a year. Uh-huh. Like you have these fantasies in your head yeah. that, that don't make no damn sense. Right. But. Uh, so that was me. I was this 18-year-old kid, and I went up. And I was like, five minutes, man. That ain't enough time. I'm going to go up yeah. there and kill it. And I thought it was Jay-Z. Like, I was like, I'm going to be like Jay-Z. So I didn't write material. I had, like, these bullet points. Yeah, I mean, right. now we could do bullet points. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. at that time, you know, it's right. like you need to write out your material. So I did it, and um, I didn't get through, like, the full five minutes. Right. And I was just like, hey, how's everyone doing? And they're like, oh, he's cute. He's doing, 18. Doing crowd yeah. work at three minutes and 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> and I did a lot of impressions. That's what saved me right. when I was new. And um, then I just kept going. Um, there was a couple of next generation people like uh, who I came up with, like Jeff Conkle. Right. Um, Matt Mulchin. Uh, I ran into Jesse Joyce the other day. We did a show together. Yeah. And uh, Jesse was actually a judge during one of the contests I was in. Like, oh, we were wow. just talking about that. But it's just funny when you see, like, an evolution. Yeah, sure. And you go through these different phases of who you want to be in stand-up. Sure. So I was, like, doing political comedy for right. a while. Then I went into, like, a character. Then right. I went into 
urban comedy with no punchlines. Oh, that's and... when I started. I was like a black comic. Oh yeah, and you people, was man. People we, still we make fun of me about that. People like you, T wrote <laughs> T wrote makes fun of me all the time. I make fun of you because you was a DJ at one of the most hood bars. I was in uh, in one of the worst hoods ever <laughs> in this city. If anybody knows, I was a DJ at the Phase Two in Homewood. <laughs> Sunny, holler at your boy. Um, <laughs> And people uh, thought I was Nick Nice. Yeah, they, they definitely <laughs> And did. also, a little side note, I DJed Terry's prom. Yo, that's the weirdest Because when you told degrees. me when you graduated, I was like, oh, I DJed that prom. Yo, like, you know how there's the six degrees? It's, of, that's so crazy, crazy, bro. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. It was 2005, right? Yeah, I graduated Penn Hills prom. Dude, I DJed yeah, that prom. and he DJed our prom. <laughs> I have I to remember, find pictures with you as a DJ. That, uh, Someone has Man, them. I, I, got they got to have some of them. Yo, ain't you Nick Nice? <laughs> All the, dude, when I would do proms... During those couple years, I'd be like, no, Nick Nice is like 60. Yo, he is. He's a lot older. But he was the only, like, white I know. DJ. I know. Was, and he's like, he was 60 Whoa. with hood. See, here's the thing. Like, that it, that that kind of thing was kind of part of me. And yeah. just going back on what you were saying is, like, when I started comedy like that, and, I, and I've said this quite a few times on the podcast, is that, like, when I, when I started being funny, all yeah. I knew was in living color Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did. I, I loved, you know, Saturday Night Live, but I just loved in living color. I yeah. had, I was very attracted to black comedy mm-hmm. because all around me, I was trying to kind of get along mm-hmm. in an in a neighborhood in a school where it was a very mixed school. You know yeah. what I mean? And and, you know, some some of the black kids are hard to get along with. Yeah. For obvious reasons. You know, mm-hmm. they, they go through some tough things. Yeah. You know, and so that was my in was humor. Yeah. And so that's why I really gravitated towards black comedy because it kind of like when you it and I feel like um, a lot of the themes in black comedy is grown up, you know, hard yeah. things like that, and and being a victim of abuse and mm-hmm. you know moving around a lot. I kind of uh, attached to that. I kind of identified with that a lot. Yeah. Like I, you know, I have a lot more in common with you guys than you know than some of my friends. You know that. I had a lot more in common with some of the kids in school than yeah, than I knew. Definitely, and that's why I gravitated towards that. Because mm-hmm. um, you hear, you know, comedians talk about being poor and like, and I'm like, you know, they don't have no dad, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's me. <laughs> like, that's me. You yeah, know. Spoke so to you. yeah, so th- that's this is kind of where it came from. And when I started, that's all I knew. Because oh, I did the same thing. I recorded Martin Lawrence on HBO with my with my scrambler that's the first stand-up i've ever seen by the way and yes. it traumatized me and i'll tell you what i would i vhs taped it yeah and it was only the audio because the scrambler would not work oh. for hbo so i no joke will play a vhs tape with just richard or martin lawrence is talking shit <laughs> and also his um oh my gosh you so crazy no um yeah it is you so crazy you yeah so crazy yeah but i i just i loved him and then early on I, I looked recently is that like Martin Lawrence comes out of me in my first year or two. Oh yeah. It's sure. like, I can see his influences in me mm-hmm. and um, I just got a picture today. I'm going to post it for uh, I'm going to post it for throwback Thursday. <laughs> uh, uh, today actually of me, it was like the fir- 2010 and I got huge baggy jeans on and a black t-shirt and a backwards Kangoy. I wore that for three years. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's so funny. Yo, that's hilarious. It's funny. Yo, I used to wear backwards fitted hats. And, yeah. uh, you know, I would go on stage crazy until uh, a comedy legend from around here. And people know him all around. Mm-hmm. Billy Elmer. 
yeah. was like, take the hat off. You, <laughs> you, you got to change your look. You know yeah. how many of you there are It's in the comedy clubs? They're yeah. not going to book you. And I was like, all right, you're right. So yeah. uh, went by my real name and just kept going, doing comedy ever yeah. since. Um, I did take a break for a little bit because I was having some, like, personal issues in right. my life with, um, like, drinking and depression. Right, and you talk about that on stage a lot. Yeah, I do. And I think when I actually, when I came back from that, I talked about it on stage and I didn't know if I would be okay doing it. Right. I had, like, talked to some friends sure. first and they were like, uh, well, are you comfortable with doing it? And uh, I was like, yeah, I, I think I'll be okay. And we did a roast of uh, a buddy of ours. Uh, he's good friends with you, Danny Palumbo. Oh, yeah, we did the Danny Palumbo roast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't have, like, anything prepared. Yeah. But everyone's like, hey, come out, come out. Yeah. And I was like, all right. And that was, like, one of the I first remember that because we wanted, like, hitters on it. We wanted to, like, have a lot of fun. Yeah, and the jokes, I was just like, yo, I got to, like, come back hard. Because yeah. there was, like, all these jokes. Uh I'll never forget, Derek Mento had this joke where he said, hey, um, he's like, there was a lot of talk about Terry Jones, and he hasn't been around lately, so what, when Obama got in office, you just decided to quit? And I was like, <laughs> shit, I gotta come back. So, uh, you know, it, it helped, though, that, that time sure. off, and it helped me, like, as a comic, to be able to talk about stuff that I want to now. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, totally for me. I mean, people ask why you do comedy, and I'm like, uh, because I'm selfish. <laughs> I like the attention. Yeah. It's something that... You should be honest, though. Yeah. That's, oh. that's, that's honesty. I mean, I tell people all the time that, you know, that's it, it feels good. It yeah. makes me feel good. It's my therapy. It's my drug. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what it is. It really is a drug, man. Oh, dude. I tell people all the time, like, I think I... The longest I've gone without being on stage, I think, is 10 days in mm -hmm. the last seven years. Wow. And it made me nuts. Miserable. Like, I'm telling my wife, I'm like, I got to get on stage. I'm going to lose my mind. Like, yeah. this is, this is, it's making me crazy. And some people don't understand that. No, you don't but understand. They, they can't get it because it's, we have a certain mentality. Like, we are Randy Ram from The Wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> like, when he gives that speech at the end, yeah. like, no one's going to tell me I'm done until it's you guys. And, like, right. this dude has a heart attack giving a Ram Jam. Yeah. And that's what I always think of with comedy. That's you know funny. what I mean? Like, any comedian, I'm like, yo, we are The Wrestler. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're looking at it's Randy true. Graham, and you're like, yo, you don't know anything. Like, you can meet. Seinfeld said something where he was talking about he has a family. Yeah. That he's known for years. Mm -hmm. His wife, his kids, everyone. Mm -hmm. But he can meet a comic that's only been doing comedy for, like, three months, talk to him for five minutes, and have more relatable oh, stuff sure. than his family. Sure. And it's not disrespect to people we love. It's just no. that. It's kind of like superheroes, if you think about it. Well, you yeah, know? you have to. It's really easy to talk to people that know what you're going through. Exactly. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Comedians are like, you know, oh yeah, we get it. Yeah. Yeah, you get along very well, very easily. We we could we could tap into the material. We could tap into jokes. We could tap into personal stuff. Oh yeah, um, traveling, traveling and all the stuff we deal with. And and a lot of the comedians, our relationships are very similar. Yes, you know, whether it's dating, mm -hmm. marriage. I mean, I talk to a lot of comedians mm -hmm. about marriage and having kids. And like even comedians that I meet, younger comics on the road or festivals, it's like they're in, like they're messaging me like, you know, hey, man, we're having a baby. I'm having a tough time, you know, dealing with being on the road. Like, how do you make it work? Yeah. You know, and I feel like that's kind of part of my ministry now. It's like <laughs> I talk to young comics that are you know, married yeah. or ha start having kids, and they're like, "How do you do this?" Yeah, and I'm like, "Well, your wife's got to be awesome, and I got the best one." So, 
<laughs> I mean, but yeah. no, really, it's it's a lot of that stuff. Um, no, no, you did. I mean, that's one thing that you were blessed with, man. You oh. have a, you have an amazing wife. Oh, she's very a, nice. She's amazing. Beautiful woman. She's too. so amazing. I you look at her. I'm like, kids. I can't believe she had three kids. <laughs> she's. I mean, I tell her all the time. I'm like, I can't believe you're my woman. Like yeah. you are my wife. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't deserve smiling. it. She's Every wonderful. Every time I see her, she's smiling. And the she's, kids are beautiful. And my kid, my kids are beautiful. awesome. Little I mean, fire cat. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, Luke the nuke adorable. and Becca the professor. <laughs> um, they all got and one names. And one. <laughs> yeah, that's what I tell everybody. <laughs> like they're gonna be on street yeah. hoops. That yeah. is hilarious. Um, and one names. Yeah. Yo, and only you would come up with that reference. Yeah, that's my kid. I gave my kids and one names. <laughs> I bet you told someone like a white dude that and he was just like, oh, Some, someone what do you just mean? said What's to me. One? Yeah, <laughs> someone just said to me uh, in Chicago was like, I was like, I was like, I was talking about giving my kids nicknames. He's like, oh, like and one. I was like, yeah. <laughs> it was a black like dude, though. It was a black yeah, dude. I knew it was a black <laughs> dude. So exactly. And I was like, like and I was one? like, yes, exactly. Yo, half um, man, half amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hot sauce. Hot sauce. Spider. Yep. High was it high, high tower? No, <laughs> there's a bunch of them. They had a crazy there was a dude from my high school actually that was actually in one of my jokes, um, and I can't remember his and one name. He he was very short lived, but uh, he's from Still Valley and oh, was wow. and I, dude, no joke. I'm watching and one videos one day like in college. Yeah. This is like 2003. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, big. what the? I was like, that's Jim. That's Jim Bursey. <laughs> I was like, he was very good in high school. Yeah. You know, just didn't have the grades, you know, to mm-hmm. go to big colleges, you know. But I think he played college, and this was, must have been right after college, or he might have done two or three years of college. And I can't, for the life of me now, I can't remember his and one name, because I want to look it up again. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> but no, like, I, I nicknamed my kids, and I know, you know, you have fun with your daughter. Yes. Because my kids are cartoon characters. You know what I mean? Yo, that's a good way of explaining oh, children. Oh, my son is a cartoon yeah. character. Oh yeah. Like someone drew him <laughs> and invented him. Like yeah. he's 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 such a goofball. But it's fun that like it's fun that um and I don't do as many like characters and voices as you do on stage. Yeah. But like that's the fun thing about it. And that's something that you are like pretty known for is mm-hmm. you have some really great impressions. Yeah, thanks man. Um I mean, like some of the impressions that I've heard you do, I've only heard, I've always said, like Jay Pharoah do mm-hmm. them as good. Yeah. And that's a compliment. I yeah, mean, that's true. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, like, you know. Um, Which we came up on YouTube the, around the same time. Yeah. And we were the only guys doing 50 Cent impressions. So one oh, day, yeah. I get a phone call. Yeah. And it's, quote, I'm, I'm doing air quotes yeah. here, 50 Cent cussing me out about doing an impression of him. And I'm like, yo, who is playing on my phone? That's so funny. I get a phone call back, and it's Jay Farrow, like, yo, man, you shouldn't be leaving your phone number on the internet for booking, right? He's like, yo, what's going on? And then, like, we just hit it off. That's crazy. And then, like, so I pranked him as Eddie Murphy when he mm-hmm. got SNL. Yeah. And then, like, you know, it just became like that That's thing. hilarious. But it was, yeah, it was funny. But no, I appreciate it, man. I love yeah. the impressions. It's, well, it's and it's fun. and it's cool because like uh, you were involved in in a short lived like radio show. Yeah. Where and I know I was really excited because uh, Jim Cren, a Pittsburgh radio legend. I remember, um, and this is like a small sliver of kind of how this happened. I know you guys talked about it a lot, but I remember talking to Jimmy when he was starting a radio show, and he's like, you know, I want to have a radio show that's kind of like Saturday Night Live, and mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, have people do characters and voices. I remember talking to Jimmy and I go, well, you know Terry Jones, right? 
Mm-hmm. Like he's and he goes, yeah. And it was funny because the day I was talking to him, uh, he was coming to Pleasure Bar, or no, uh, you were at at my comedy sauce show. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah. Monday in Pittsburgh at Pleasure Bar in in Bloomfield, I do comedy sauce. <laughs> Pittsburgh Comedy Showcase. You were on that, and I go, I go, come come hang out and chat with with uh, Terry. Yeah. So Jimmy came to Comedy Sauce that night. I know you guys hit it off, and then you did a show together. Yeah. And then that yeah. was it. Yeah. Like you guys hooked out. up at a show, and then that was it. And then uh, how how was that for being? I mean, you guys were only on for a year. Radio is a hard business. You know. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, whatever happened <laughs> happens. You know, it's it's very you know whatever. The, Who cares? The, um. But what I'm saying is, how exciting was it for a short time? I mean, I know I was really excited because I'm like, you get an outlet to do characters and voices and write sketches, yeah. like in real entertainment. Mm-hmm. And sure, like we do it on YouTube, and you have some, f- dude, hilarious parody videos. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, your uh, Panther. Oh, yeah, the bike. <laughs> Go look up. I pl- By the way, I'm not, because we're friends, or I'm not trying to, I played that over and over in my car on YouTube when I was driving the one day and just repeated it, because it was like, it was like hypnotizingly funny. Ah, good look. I don't know how to, yeah, that's the best way I can put it. I tried to make it as nerdy as possible for like comic fans, because there's so many references in there. There's one where... I talk about like Doombots trying to take oh, over. Oh, 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 yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but it's a cross between that song Panda yeah. and Black Panther and Coming to America. Yes. Yeah. It's like all this nerddom just smashed <laughs> together. And I'm like, this is so ridiculous. Oh, thanks, man. But like, it had to have been fun. Like, like I said, obviously, we, you know, you do it on stage, you do it on YouTube and stuff. But it's like now it's like a mo- big morning show. Yeah. And you get to do characters. I mean, how was that experience? That's fun. It was especially fun. with a legend like Jim Crenn. Yeah, it was fun, man. The the one thing I'll say is he, you know, he taught me a lot and um about like putting the characters together. Right. Cuz my mind usually moves faster than I can write sure. sometimes and that's an issue where, you know, that's why I I like performing. Yeah. More than writing. A right, lot of time. right. Like I can write for people, but when I write for myself it's Ugh, difficult. Tr- I know. So you know, um, I could sit there if a headliner's like, "Hey, um, could you listen to my set and punch it up?" Yeah, I will come out with a like a like, just a book. <laughs> I'm like, here, I, uh, you have 48 jokes. Uh, I've punched up all 45 and added nine jokes for you. <laughs> it's so easy to punch up somebody else. It is. It is. So, you know, he was doing that for me um, as right. well because there were certain impressions that he couldn't do that I right. could, and he was like, "Oh, I think this would be great." Right. So he would write these like really good skits. Right. And um. The one thing about him is he's a brilliant writer, and uh, you know he's been in the game for a long time, yeah. so he knows what he's talking yeah. about. So he'd write up these skits, and I would just do them, and then I would come up with a concept, and we'd write together yeah. on a lot of skits. So like Samuel Jackson cooking show, uh, yes. it's dessert mother, and then it has the yeah, yeah. bleep, and then yeah. uh, you know we had Morgan and Morgan attorneys at law, or Freeman and Freeman. I'm sorry, it's Morgan oh, yeah, Freeman, yeah, yeah. Morgan Freeman. Just little stuff like that that yeah. was like so dumb that yeah. it was funny. Well, that, he, I know. remember, I, I did write with him for a little bit. I think mm-hmm. before it was all before the radio show. Yeah. It's when he did his biome show. Um, yeah. And I sat on his back porch for like six weeks helping him punch up some stuff when he mm-hmm. was writing that uh, joke about his dogs having celebrity voices. voices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember, I was like, this is so silly and hilarious. And I remember helping punch him up with that and working on his biome show and stuff. And, uh, What's great about it is when you work with someone like that who just totally like 
he, well, an improv term, but yes ands you yeah. because he completely gets what you're saying. Yeah. Like yeah. he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep, boom. And you're like, yep. And like it's just, he's really great at working like that. Yeah. So that, I mean, that aspect of, unfortunately, there, I mean, there were some issues at the radio station, but sure. With, the actual skit writing and stuff because we even did it for the podcast and that was an right. idea I had where he yeah, was the like no restrictions yeah. podcast and he was like yo I want to come up with these uh, skits for it and I was like look as I have an idea we make it like it's radio on a podcast right because that's what you're used to right we riff it up we have the stories ready but we pretended the skits are sponsors. Oh, right, so right, right. So that's why, like, it was like, hey, here's our sponsor. Check out this TV show. And, right. you know, people loved it. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's not many podcasts that do that anymore. No, no, and no. So, you know, there's a... I, st- I think that, like, I mean, skits. like, Comedy Bang Bang kind of does stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I think National Lampoons still has, Which like, a podcast that does yeah, stuff like that. And they're great for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was unique because you have all these podcasts where... You know, some of them are like four and five hours of people just talking. Yeah. And that's no jab at anyone. I love yeah, a lot yeah. of the podcasts like Rogan, Mark Marin and stuff. Right. But, you know, I think a lot of times they talk about some really awesome stuff. And right. then there's also some comedy involved. But like this was a pure comedy right. podcast where it was just comedy. And we had had yeah, some yeah. serious moments. But I enjoyed the skits yeah, yeah. to kind of like throw off right. that and just, you know. And it was it's just cool now that like, you know you're off the radio show but you went right into like okay i'm doing this new album yeah. called limbo negro yes which yes. some white people are like what the fuck what does that mean i kind of get it yeah. i i kind of get it because i understand you i know you enough but uh i just say again tonight august 11th 10 p.m at the pittsburgh improv he's headlining and then sunday 7 p.m august 14th at the pittsburgh improv you're recording your new album limbo limbo, limbo negro. negro yes yeah. um so this al- this album I've been wanting to work on for maybe about five years. Yeah. And I just never had an opportunity. Sure. Um, then once I did the podcast and got on radio, it was like, you know, your right. schedule, you're stuck oh, there. Yeah. So where I was transitioning to go work with bookers that book on a road. Right, right. It's like, yo, we'll talk to you in 2017 instead. Right. And, you know, right. I'm like, okay, that's good timing. Right. And I can get this stuff done. Right, right. Um, there's a lot of projects I didn't get a chance to finish, so now I can go into my own Sure, thing. yeah. Limbo Negro, the whole history of it is that in America, there's considered two types of Negro. Mm. You're either a good Negro or a bad Negro. Mm. So when people hear that, you know, if someone's listening and you're not black, you're thinking, oh, a bad Negro would be somebody that's a bad guy, like mm. a criminal. Yeah. A good Negro is somebody who's an upstanding citizen. Right. But it's actually a weird uh, definition. The good Negro is actually the someone like Stacey Dash, who's on Fox News all the time, oh, who's yeah, yeah, yeah. bashing, you know, black movements and stuff, yeah, and yeah. you know, going against uh, our culture. Right, right. A bad Negro is someone who stands up for the culture, who's challenging that status that, quo. That's yeah. that's basically. Written out by white men. Exactly. Right. So like you this know, is how you should be behaving. How, yeah. This is right. how I'm gonna live my life. Right. So you know we were we were joking about it, but like a bad Negro would be someone like Dick Gregory. Comedic, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Genius, but he's so 
or political. Yeah. And, or someone and like Paul Mooney, Paul Mooney. Or even Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. Absolutely. Richard Pryor, I would consider probably the first lim- like public limbo yeah. Negro. Yeah, you're I right. Would say. And the only reason I say this is because when Cosby came out, Richard Pryor was clean like Cosby. And they had right. the same. But Cosby has tone. always been the good Negro. Yes. And right? the, weird, the crazy thing about it is he's really a limbo because yeah. he. He was militant off stage, but what people right. were upset about is they're like, okay, you're making all this money, and he was doing like charitable work right. and all this great stuff, but they're right. like, can you help us publicly? So he would speak yeah, like, about say like black culture right. in the negative spots, right. but people were like, go, go on stage and say something. And where Pryor was right. considered a civil rights leader because he was sure. going on stage, he was using the N word right. and taking the word from white people. Oh, so sure. So back then they were offended. They're like, yeah, yeah. Yo, who's this black dude using our word? Oh yeah, he talking about cop, police, police, everything. everything. Yeah, so, yeah. you know he, but he also like walked that fine line. So like the definition of limbo negro that I came up with was that it's somebody that you meet because you know me. Sure. And you know, I love comic books. I love yeah. nerdy stuff. Oh, know? yeah. So, and I, I went to a good school. I'm educated. So, when I talk, yeah. people are like, oh, he's one of those good Negroes. Yes, he'll just do what uh, we say. Yeah. And then, like, something happens with police brutality or something dealing with right. our culture being, like, destroyed or yeah. attacked. And I speak up, and people are like, right. whoa, 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 wait a second. Right. We didn't know you had an opinion. <laughs> That's so interesting you say that because I just had a conversation with a comic about accents. Yeah. Like you're saying the way you talk, right? Yeah. So, and we were talking about, and it, it was a very enlightening conversation because someone was saying like, uh, oh, when a white guy talking like a, or a black guy talking like a white guy. Yeah. And like, I, I sometimes see that from the lens of like a black man where I'm like, but that, so what you're saying is someone with a good vocabulary is white. And yes. cannot be black. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then, because it turned around, and someone said, "Oh, sometimes you talk black on stage," and I was like, "No, mm-hmm. that's not what it is. What it is, it's class. Mm-hmm. All it is is class. It's all class, and people don't get it's, that. It's not. It's not black white, mm-hmm. because there are white dudes. Like I can turn my 1998 accent right back on. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So." <laughs> It's class. It's it's the it's the it's the environment that I lived in. Yep. A low class neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Absolutely. It's, and I and I equated it to exactly English accents. There are two major English accents, mm-hmm. and that's British RP yep. and Cockney. Yep. Is the difference black and white? No. No. It's class. It is absolutely. So when and you do that voice, you know what I'm talking about? Do it like yeah. oh, it's like all right then. Yeah, it's yeah. all right. <laughs> like that's. That dude's black or white. Yo, you have no idea. Like you know what I'm Idris Elba? Yeah. When Idris is talking. Oh like, my god. When he talks to Cockney? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Hey, it's know, real gangster. It, it scares it, me. It's really. So you know uh, what what did, what did he do that? Um oh, when did he do that? He did that like well, in a well, movie? he does like that on Luther sometimes. He gets real angry. Yeah, well, it was that uh What did, uh, what am I thinking of? Oh crap. Uh, there, there was a there was another movie he was in. Did you ever see Takers? No. He was in that with T.I. and Yeah. Like, oh, oh when I saw him in The Wire, I was like, I can't believe he's English. Yo, he said that it blew would my freak mind. people out because he'd be like, they'd be like, yo, what up, Stringer Bell? Yeah. And he'd be like, hey, how you doing? I know. And he'd be like, yo, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's um, crazy. You're right. But, it but class, yeah, bro. I just, I, it, it is. And, and A great I, example of that in comedy, yeah. Bill Hicks. Yeah. Bill Hicks is one of my favorite comedians yeah. all the time. If you know comedy and you study and you pay attention to Bill Hicks, you can tell that Richard Pryor was one of his biggest influences. Hmm. Now, 
keep in mind, Bill Hicks comes from the South and was a child preacher. Right, just right. like Kennison, just like Roseanne. Yep. They have mm-hmm. like a specific way. Right. And like Chris Rock was influenced by Sam Kennison right. because of that preaching yeah. thing. So when you look at Bill Hicks, Bill Hicks goes on stage and the way he talks, right. you would be like, yo, like in the 80s, you'd be like, yo, he's kind of talking black a little bit. Yeah, right. But it was really that this is just a dude right. that was a product of his environment. Right, absolutely. And, you know, that's what people don't understand. And like you said, right. it is class. But yes. because of how closed-minded the country is, it's we, right. we switch it to a race situation. Yeah. So growing up as a kid, I would like Star Wars when right. I would come from Penn Hills to Garfield and they'd be like, oh, you white. Oh, you acting white. Oh, you white, dog. Right. Oh, you white. Oh, you. And so I had like a leather penguins <laughs> jacket. <laughs> They're like, yo, that jacket's hard, but you white, yo. And so my cover, the album cover is right. me as a kid in a leather jacket with cowboy boots on a big wheel. Oh, my God. In Garfield. And it's hilarious. With a box fade. I love it. And it's because like when I had those cowboy boots on, they made fun I of me so I remember you talking bad. about the cowboy boots. But it's like, yo, I, to me, I thought it was cool. Like my yeah. dad, like Clint Eastwood. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And. So, you know, that was like my whole life was really like walking right. in between those worlds and seeing both sides of the right. world. So that's why I came up with that. Limbo I can totally I love it yeah. and I can totally relate. And I know when you came up with that name, I was like, I get it. I yeah. totally get it. Well, you would. Yeah, no, I you know totally get it. You would definitely. get um, it. I'm kind of a limbo white guy. I'm a limbo yeah. Anglo-Saxon. Uh, <laughs> I get it. Um, I like walking in both worlds. <laughs> and it's and it's funny too because one other point on that just about like accents and class yeah. is that well people will say and this is when I really shut them down because then they'll be like no that's a black accent and uh, I'll be like well I mean sure um, the majority of people that talk like that are black because in the last 80 years the systematic racism of white men <laughs> in, the, in the government and business have pushed them into low income neighborhoods but anyway what's your point <laughs> that's real shit my man you know what I mean I mean yeah. so then they're like oh but I'm like, yep, yeah, mm-hmm, because that's what happened. Yo, I so, mean, it's crazy because there's all these situations that go that's been going on in America with race. Yeah. And then I get people that hop on my social media and they try and attack me about yeah. me standing up for it. But the thing is, like, I had this one thing where some, they attacked Justin Timberlake for being inspired by Jesse Williams. Now, right. here's, here's my thing right. with Justin Timberlake. I don't have a problem with Justin Timberlake being a musician the way he is. Right. What I now when people say that you're mocking the culture mm-hmm. or taking over the culture, it's when and the problem is like you'll get like black dudes that be like, yo, I'm gonna give you the black card. Here, yeah. take the black card. Yeah. Like they, they don't finance it, they don't right. lease it. Right. You know, you're not renting it. They're just like, You black now, you black. Right. So he's around all these black people and he's like, Oh, okay, I guess it's just cool to do stuff. Right. So what people get upset about is when something bad does happen dealing with black culture, someone like Justin Timberlake isn't standing up. Right. Now Macklemore actually has been saying stuff. He's like the only dude. Right. But it's usually like these people. And I I can understand that. So I posted something a a story about Justin Timberlake doing that. Some guy comes on like, oh, well, I guess so. Does that mean Lenny Kravis can't do rock and roll then since he's black? And then it's I a go, good point. And then here was my it's a argument. good point. Well, I know. Yeah. My argument was the first rock and roll musician was a black woman. Yeah. She blended gospel with rock. Yeah. And then rock and roll was. Oh, you can name a bunch a of black people. Community. I mean, you're, we're talking Fats Domino. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chuck, Chuck Berry. Berry. Oh, yeah. I mean, Lil Richard. So rock and roll was created in yeah. the black community. Yeah. So I had when I gave what him the history. What you need to be doing is hating on Elvis. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Who straight up took, <laughs> took black people's everything. songs. songs. <laughs> 
Like uh, like my man, what's his name? Took Little Richard songs all the time. Oh, uh, I, I forget the dude's name. Old singer, he'd be like, Tutti Fruity, oh, Rudy. Robert Goulet? No, <laughs> close enough. Doop, 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 that's Domino. <laughs> Robert Goulet. But, uh, yo, that's hilarious. But, like, that's the thing, you know, and I start sending him these links, and all these people just start, like, yeah. t- teaching him history. Right. And all he could do was, like, shut up. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, well, I'm sorry. We, we actually took that, too. Right. So it's like, you can't say... That he's doing mm. Slash is black. Right, right, You know right. what I mean? This is a black man doing rock. And everyone's like, oh, well, I, how could he do that? Yeah. And it's like, no. But when is it a point where to. it's like, this is for everyone? Yeah, I think there... there there's got to be something like that where, like, white people aren't allowed to do this. Well, I mean, you don't want to be like that. No, I you don't, don't. I mean, I, don't I think understand a, the thinking of it. Mm-hmm. I understand. Um, I, I don't think Justin Timberlake had any ill will towards that at all. I think... No. You know, I mean, he obviously, he you know... He don't know any better. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that... In that situation. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, and I didn't think he said anything, like, that was, like, too... It just kind of triggered some people. It did. I understand that. But, um, you know, I, it's kind of like... I don't... I don't know. It's hard because it's me sitting here thinking, like, I want everyone to be different and to celebrate diversity, but I don't. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I want everyone to be one per, like, one people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I and think- sometimes some people, it, like, it scares me. I'm like, no, don't, like, you're different, but you're not. Like, we're all human beings. You yeah. know what I mean? We're all, like, just ch- children of God. That's what I yeah. think, you know? So it's, it's kind of weird. Like, no, don't, don't, like... You know, like I don't, yeah. I don't want, I don't want you to like go move away from us or something like that, yeah. or, or <laughs> you know what I mean. Like we're gonna start like communities and like no, and they'd be separate. Even though, well, they kind of are sometimes, yeah. but, but the, I don't want that. You know I, what I mean? I think you can blend the cultures. I think it's the difference is as long as the person respects the culture. Sure. Versus you know like when you look at Iggy Azalea and people are upset with her. Right. It was a situation of a girl coming from Australia and oh, doing a New York accent. Oh, like, I know. Like, sounding like Lil' Kim. But she didn't understand where right. the culture and the history comes from. Right. So It was almost like know, an opposite of, like, blackface soft, soft shoe. Yes. It was. I, 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 yeah. yeah, I'm, but, I'm like, with you on you that. you look at, like, my favorite rapper, Eminem. Yeah. Eminem, at the end of the day, I don't care if he's white. The right. dude spits ridiculous right. lyrics, like... I never heard anyone do wordplay with Batman as much as this dude right. does, and, and, and but it's it's the idea that right. it's a respect to the culture. He and he and he says it. Right. His his boys say it. And, and I've I say, I've said this before too. And uh, and then we'll uh, we'll move on. We're getting too deep, uh, <laughs> but that's fine. I love this. This might be a two part podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, we haven't right. even talked about your family and your child yet. <laughs> um, but. No, one of the things I have talks with comedians all the time where they'll say, hey, uh, you do really well in front of black audiences. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, well, it's just, I can't, I just, I'm, I've been around black people my whole life. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I know how to make people laugh. Yeah, that absolutely. includes black people. Like, it's just, you know, and they're like, yeah, but you, you know, you could tell you're from somewhere or something like that. I'm like, yeah. And the thing is, is when you have that authenticity, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, I think that, and, and this is coming from, Guy Tory told me this, mm-hmm. is like, he said, black people know that you know black people. Yeah, you Be- could tell. Like, because when a white comic goes up there and tries to like, you know, quote, black it up, 
they know they're faking. Oh, yeah. You could tell. And you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and, that, and that's a good point. And I'm like, okay, well, I never thought of it that way. But, yeah, that's true. Remember, you, did you see the, 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 what was it, Opie and Anthony, where they roasted Rick Voss for being mm, on Def Jam? No. Oh, my God. I'm going to send you the YouTube link. No. But they roast him for being on Def Jam and are making fun of his jokes, talking about how, you yeah. know, he was trying so hard to, like, be on right. Def Jam and blend in. And uh, which he's a brilliant. I think he's a really good comic. But right, um, you know, when you had those situations, it, it's you can tell the difference. Right, you can tell who's really real and who's not. And I knew from meeting you that you were real, not because you were at the phase or because you had white tennis shoes on. <laughs> but <laughs> that's one of the funniest stories of all yeah, time. Yes, you got. Did I tell that story? Oh yeah, you told me. That's why I mentioned it. Where when I was DJing at the phase, these two black dudes are sitting there and they go, "He's a cop." I'm telling you, he's a cop. And the other dude goes, nah, he's got white kicks on. Yeah. If he was a cop, he would have those black Applebee shoes on. <laughs> it's true, though. That is so funny. It's true. Like, if you get it, because undercover cops wear those, like, all Restaurant. black, yeah. like, food runner shoes. Yes, they do. And Because like, when we were kids, they were coming up undercover to yes. find out who was selling kids firecrackers. And it was oh. the Asian store, the corner store. Yeah, yeah. And uh, both of them, actually, in Garfield. So they were grabbing up kids, and someone's like, yo, that's 5-0. He's like, no, it ain't. He's like, yes, it is. Look at his shoes. Yeah. His shoes, he got black shoes on. Yeah. And then he gripped them up. Like, he's got, get he's got orderly shoes yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's you hilarious. know, I, you could tell the difference. And I think the thing is, you know, like I'm, I'm really big in the Eastern philosophy and mm -hmm. Asian culture, mm -hmm. and I love it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I also have a respect for the culture. You know, I'm not going right. to go trying to like deny my culture and be like yo i'm asian sure now. right right and i think that's what happens a lot of times you know it it's pretty painful when you see somebody emulating your mm. culture and then like when the clan comes you're standing there like yo you got my back right and you look to the right and they gone mm. like a cartoon yeah. character that's true and you're by yourself so that's what it feels like a lot of times when you have these situations that are happening right. in the black community where we're like yo cuz i get people to say like i know what you mean you know. so it's 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 really and i understand where people were coming from with the Justin Timberlake thing and especially the uh what's her face uh, Iggy, Iggy yeah. was that it's like white people poaching these good things from black people but then not having their back as friends or or a people as a people absolutely right. and yeah. and I completely understand that you know for me to be like oh like someone to say like oh you like Wu-Tang I'm like yeah yeah you have a right to but like <laughs> but I would have my my brother's back like all, like always cuz not I don't care black white whatever we're we're people yeah you know absolutely. what I mean like and that's that one of the coolest moments I ever had where um because sometimes I've had, like, some, you know, I, I mean, you've been at these shows. Sure. I've had some funky stuff said to me after mm -hmm. shows, um, like racial stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were at, after a show, me and uh, Bill Crawford were at, uh, Pen, uh, no, we were at Primanti's in Oakland. Yeah. Okay? And this guy comes up, and all we hear is vinegar. And we go, what? Vinegar. And I'm like, yo, what? So Crawford's like, yo, did he just say that? He's like, vinegar, vinegar, vinegar. I need the vinegar. <laughs> he was talking about vinegar. But, like, our minds were, like, on the same page. Where yeah, we're yeah. like, yo, was he saying the N-word? <laughs> and, you know, Crawford was about to jump on him. And I was like, yo. like He almost fought somebody over some fries over and vinegar. Over some vinegar. Because <laughs> it sounds too much like the N-word. <laughs> so it was, like, one of those moments where it was like, yo, like, this is a dude who, you know, he grew up. 
and, yeah, yeah. and went to the city oh, yeah, schools yeah, yeah. And, and all the hood dudes yeah, yeah, know yeah. him. So it was cool, like, seeing somebody who actually does does have your back yeah, versus, yeah. you know, I've had people not have my back. Mm. And, you know, so that's the respect of the culture and respecting right. as a people. Absolutely. And that's when you could tell somebody has a real good human heart versus right. people who are just out sure. and Absolutely. machinist, you know. Absolutely. Um, so where people can find you, where at? Online? You can find me online. Uh, everything's at T. Jones POC. Uh, Twitter. T. Jones POC. T. Jones POC. That's an old name, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's um, an old Because every name. time I type it in on like Twitter or yeah. Instagram, it kind of giggles a little bit. Because <laughs> it was Terry Jones, Prince of Comedy. Yes. Yes. That was when you had a Def Jam name. Yo, T. Jones. It was T. Jones, Prince of Comedy. And I come out, and I was a teen, and I'm like, yeah, everybody, how you doing? No punchlines. But like, yeah, nope. you, you have to go to the house, and you take a dump, right? Yeah, right? Take My mom dump. is crazy. Them dumps be crazy. And then everybody goes nuts for no reason. Yeah. So T. Jones, POC, P-O-C. Yeah, T. Jones, P-O-C. Uh, uh, on com, Twitter, on Instagram, yeah. Facebook, yeah. MySpace. <laughs> uh, yep. My website is uh, teamterry.tv. Oh, yeah, TeamTerry.tv. Yeah, and uh, YouTube, same. Team yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, this is Grown Dad Business, uh, and we didn't much get into uh, your family or your child, so I'm going to have to have you back. Yes, definitely. Because this, this was a really good talk. Oh, it, w- it was a good talk. And, uh, you know, if anything, being I'm on Grown Dad Business, I, you know, I just try to make life better for my daughter. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, just try to fight to you know, make uh, this a better place for my daughter, especially uh, racially and everything yeah. going how on. Yeah, much, how much does that kick you in the ass, having a kid? Because I tell people, when I, when I took acting and comedy seriously, mm-hmm. like in 2008, yeah. and then my wife's pregnant, and I'm like, oh, I got to provide for another person. Do that, That's why, because people are saying, how did you get so far so fast? And I'm yeah. like, well, you have a little baby you got to feed. Yeah, you That do. kicks you in the ass. The, the thing with my daughter, man, um, her being born was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Mm. And, uh, you know, I was in a really dark place, like suicidal and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, I got new bits about suicide and depression from, right. like, Limbo Negro. But having my daughter actually saved my life. Like, mm. I remember when she was born and walking over and she was crying. Yeah. And she stopped crying and opened her eyes. And I was just like, right. This is ridiculous. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And like you fall in love with somebody that you never knew before. Yeah. Like that fast. Oh, yeah. And it's amazing. So, um, you know, it doesn't kick me in the ass. It actually motivates me. Not necessarily for. Well, that's what I mean. You know, that's, comedy. That's what I mean. But it motivates me to live. Oh, I mean, absolutely. And you're right. I mean, not, a, you know, I'm saying like just speaking wise, like, like uh, business wise. Oh, yeah. Like comedy career. But mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. Dude. Yeah. Having children, when you know that you have another person mm-hmm. watching your behavior, yeah, it makes you a better man. Yeah. It makes you a better parent, a better person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It absolutely does. And they love you. Yeah. You don't you don't understand like you don't understand why they love you. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, it kind of well, bothers you. It's just an unconditional love. And it bothers you a little bit because yeah. like if you're somebody that's not this used to it, but not used to it, or if you're going through something personally, right? You're like, yo, why is why is this child love me so much? Like I, I don't get it, and they do. You know, every morning my daughter walks around the corner, runs up to me, smiles, and like 
hugs me. Yeah. But when she hugs me, she like pats my chest because I pat her back. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's just like she reminds me every day, like, yo, we need you here. Yeah. We love you, Dad. And yeah. It's you know, amazing. So business wise, I'm actually kind of happy that I had a kid now. Right. Because you know, I'm 29, mm-hmm. and if I would have had her like when I was 25 or something, then I would be right. like a little worried. But like, I at least have things you have on plenty a resume, of time and mat- mature, uh, mature yeah. and everything, and you know, comedically make some connections with people sure. that I need and sure. get in the right direction. Whereas like if I did it early on and yeah. then was trying to like, you know, make yeah. those connections and network and stuff, it'd be a yeah. nightmare. But Well, I know, and there's something I've noticed about you just thinking about myself in that you're, you're pretty private about your, your fiance. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, we have so many comedian friends that aren't <laughs> married, that have kids. It's pretty much your wife. Pretty much. You yeah. know, um, but you're pretty private about her and your child mm-hmm. and because you're on social media a lot and so am I. Yeah. And so I see that where like my kids are like have their own hashtags. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I and I am very careful. Like, trust me, like I'm not putting like my kids school district on there. For sure. For sure. You know, certain things. But because um, I know some people are like, oh, you shouldn't put your kids on there very much. Yeah. And um you know, but I, I try to do it where it's just part of my life. It's part of the funny things that happen all, all day. Absolutely. So, but for you, it's not really, you don't really put it out there very much. I, I look at, um, like, I, on Facebook, it's easy to share my daughter because, you know, you could just keep it within friends and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the idea of, like, you see these kids becoming memes and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's not memes you made. Well, I've made it's memes like, of my kids. You made memes of your kids. Yeah. You did. Yeah, but, right. But, you know, somebody taking a picture of Luke the Nuke and making yeah, a meme out of right. it would drive you kind of insane right. a little bit, even I know if it was mean. funny. Oh, yeah. But it's Absolutely. like, you, know, you just took my kid, so. That's why if I ever do something like that, I put, like, you know, my hat, Mike, put, like, my Aaron Cliver on there and stuff yeah. like that, like a like a watermark almost. And you have to because yeah. it's the only way to protect them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm private about it because I kind of look at entertainment like being a superhero. Cause, oh, right. Because, you know. You, you're who uh, I you think are. you've said that before, yeah. yeah. And then, like, off your private life, you're Peter Parker, Clark Kent, whoever you want to be. Right. But uh, the thing is, I, I kind of look at it where I noticed that people who are mischievous and, and evil yeah. try to go for the people you love. Mm. And in sure. entertainment, it feels like you're sure. Spider-Man. Like, they grab Gwen yeah. Stacy or... Jason Todd, if you're Batman, right. you know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, what is going on? But the, you are I mean, nerdy. You, you've had you've had these issues where like I people have said some disrespectful stuff. Well, I, I had to make my Facebook private because well, we know why. yeah, I mean, I had to make my Facebook private because you know it's in something. All of a sudden, someone's like, you know, your pregnant wife looked good as hell. I'm like, yeah, what? Like straight disrespectful. Yeah, and then it's like some dude that was at a show in Kentucky. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? I'm like, are you for real? I had to make yeah. it private. And so then, if you can't friend me on Facebook, I apologize because yeah. the bad apples ruined it for you. For real. I got a fan page. <laughs> It'll tell you Go everything you need to know. You don't need to yeah. know what my kids look like on Christmas morning. Right. Go and, to my fan page. And that's that, And that's how I felt about it. You know, right. I've had people say some stuff in the past yeah. that caused issues. And I know myself, you know, where I, I go from, you know... I go straight to Stringer Bell in a minute. Yeah, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Where I'm like, okay, well, I got to find this dude. Yeah. So to prevent all that, you know, I just try to keep it private and protect my family. Right. I understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's 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 weird because I do feel bad sometimes mm-hmm. where I like I put my kids out there and <laughs> but then I'm like, uh, you know what? It's just I, it's it's sharing this life. And it's kind of a lot of what I do on stage now. Like, I mean, for you. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're, you're, you you are the family guy. Yeah. But I mean, p- 
I, I think people like seeing that little journey, you know, with they me. They, it's almost like an, a, an accompaniment to my stand-up on stage. Yes. You know what absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. How is, I know you've talked a little bit about having a baby. How does that change your material? Um, I ask all the comedians about this. Like, you know what? Because I know it, for me, it blew my mind. Like, well, once I had my... great parent material. But like, once I dead? had my second one, I wasn't doing it until I had my second, until my son was born, and then we had two Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Whoa, dude!" The material like we had a two-year-old and a newborn. Amazing. Oh, it was crazy. Your stuff is amazing. Did you? You're talking about like being a parent, and you had that's all I know. Stuff. That's all I know. But it's a great thing for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, Ow. it set my finger on the table. Dude, don't die. Sorry. Uh, it has, it has like changed my material a little bit. Where yeah. I'm starting to talk about you know parents and sure. My woman has a daughter already, right? Who's seven, and she lives with us. So yeah. it's like, you know, her doing. So you're like a, also stuff. kind of a stepdad too. Yeah, yeah. So you got an interesting situation. Yeah. So her being like mischievous on stuff, right? And the little one running around now. You know, there's a ton of material, right. and it does change, man. Because you you want to talk about it, you, right? You're like proud of it, absolutely. Um, and then you notice too, like how people connect with you, because yeah. no matter even if people don't have kids, people like what I say. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Because absolutely. they have a mom. They have a funny. dad. They have maybe nieces and nephews. You yes. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. Funny is funny. But, you know, it is super relatable. It is. It, it's like when you talk about relationships, when you talk about sex, when you talk about, you know, money, whatever right. it is, if you break it down in the right way, you know, people are going to relate to it. Right. So for me, it's I talk about a lot of like I had a lady come up to me the other week and she was concerned about me. Hmm. Because of like some of the material, like the new stuff I was doing, and uh, she's like, "Don't, don't let, don't let the darkness take over your life." <laughs> I was like, "No, I'm good. That's why I come on stage and we laugh yeah, about right. it together." But it, 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 I take people on a journey with my family. Like I tell the story right. of you know my evolution sure. as a person, and then I get to like, "Hey, I have a kid now, and this is the things that I right. do." So it, it kind of makes people feel good and like they're rooting for you. you sure, know what yeah, I mean? absolutely. Like, oh man, this dude's been through it, and right, now right. he's happy. So right, yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow. Well, man, I appreciate it. No, thank you for having so me, much. Bro. This is I'm finally yeah. glad we can, dude. With our schedules, it's crazy. We've been trying to do this for oh, like a month and a half, yeah, at least, maybe longer than that. Longer than that. You're no, like, I've hey, grown dad business. You were doing like this was. No, you're pro- no. You know what? I mean, you were on my list, like. Of people to have on for a long time, so it's just I'm really a excited. Of me, uh, yeah, making that just, baby, I know, yeah, <laughs> that really helped. I was like, oh, he's a dad. I really got to get him on now. <laughs> um, but no, uh, tonight I keep saying uh, August 11th, Thursday, 10 p.m. Pittsburgh Improv. Sunday, 7 p.m. August 14th, Pittsburgh Improv. Doing your new album, Limbo Negro. Limbo Negro, yes. Yeah. Should be fun. So everyone come out, have fun, get a laugh. Yeah. Uh, let's laugh together and uh, in harmony. <laughs> Follow <laughs> T. Jones POC, T. Jones Pock on everything. Team Terry TV. Yes. On, you're Hashtag on YouTube. All that. Yes. Go watch his Panther video. <laughs> Panther. Panther. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you so much. Oh, man. All right. Thanks.